time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you joining me today. A huge, huge show as always. Tons of breaking news, tons of commentary, tons of comedy, I should say, as well. We have some very funny stories in the uh, in the news today. Uh, thank you for joining me. If you would uh, please go ahead and download the Apple Podcast app on your phone and subscribe. Would you do that? Would you also leave a five-star review? That would be huge because um, a lot of people are, are chiming in and saying, wow, this show's really, really good. It's different because it not only has an opinion, but it's actually uh, entertaining. People are appreciating it, and I hope you do. And so... If you would do that, that would be that'd be great. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I talked for a living. I know, funny. So, very shortly, going to share some uh, really cool guests on Newsmax. Uh, Emerald Robinson did a terrific, terrific interview with Rand Paul. I'm going to share some of that very shortly. Talking about Anthony Fauci, uh, Anthony Fraudchi. It should be his name, I guess. Well, that doesn't really work very well. But you understand, he's um, been kind of. Uh, Ah, he's done a lot of flip-flopping. So Emerald talks to uh, Rand Paul about that very shortly. Now, about a year ago, cops cleared Black Lives Matter protesters from Lafayette Square in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump walked across the square to uh, St. John's Church that Black Lives Matter and Antifa tried to burn down the day before. Donald Trump was hustled into the bunker the day before. The president of the United States was hustled into a bunker for his own safety the day before. That is historical. I don't know how many times that has happened in history, but it it is an incredibly rare event that the president of the United States and the Secret Service would decide that he was in such a dangerous situation that he had to be put into the bunker. So this nonsense about this Lafayette Square protest being peaceful is a, a load. It's a giant load of excrement. And the media went nuts. And they said that these people, were they were strong-armed, they were fired upon, and they had to move, and all this. And then just so Donald Trump could walk over to the church and hold a Bible in the wrong way. Well, that was disproven yesterday. Yeah. An internal investigation has determined the decision to forcibly clear racial justice protesters from an area in front of the White House last summer was not influenced by Donald Trump's plan to stage a photo op at the spot. And by the way, a photo op was deserved Uh, A photo op was deserved because they tried to burn the dang church down. And he was sending a very powerful message that we would not be cowed, that America would not be cowed, and that our freedom of expression and freedom of religion are paramount. And they are in the First Amendment, the greatest piece of legislation in the history of mankind. Yesterday on American Agenda, they got a, a message from the former president Uh, With regard to the, I guess, clearing the president of any charges that they cleared people out for a photo op. Here is the statement on American Agenda. We have some breaking news for you. Former President Trump just releasing a statement saying in part, thank you to the Department of Interior Inspector General for completely and totally exonerating me in the clearing of Lafayette Park. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from former President Trump, as as we have said all along, and it was backed up in today's highly detailed and professionally written report, our 
Fine Park police made the decision to clear the park to allow a contractor to safely install anti-scale fencing to protect from Antifa rioters, radical BLM protesters, and other violent demonstrators who are causing chaos and death to our cities in this instant. They tried burning down the church the day before the clear. They tried to burn the church down, guys. They tried to burn the church down. Fortunately, we were there to stop the fire from spreading beyond the basement, and it was our great honor and privilege to do so. Again, thank you to the inspector general. And that is a statement that came from a former President Trump. There you go. Once again, the man is cleared. Here is Greg Kelly talking about the uh, announcement. All I can say... say is, is that, that the fake, fake news? By the way, Greg Kelly does a killer Trump impersonation. Just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, it, do they? <laughs> they don't. And wow, oh wow, they were wrong about President Trump basically every time they open their mouths. Pretty much. Remember last year, the big protests throughout the country and in Washington, D.C., in front of the White House, they brought in the National Guard to remove the protesters. Well, we just found out a very interesting piece of information. This was all blamed on Trump. Said he ordered the National Guard in so he could have his photo op. Yeah. Remember when he stood in front of that church with the Bible? I thought it was remarkable. I thought it was an indicator that order will prevail. Faith and order, good things. Mainstream media said this was the worst thing that ever happened. The president of the United States looking like a wannabe dictator. Right. Uh, so he could walk over to, over to a church and right. pretend to be concerned about the church. Sure. Outrage is growing over the forceful removal of peaceful protesters to clear the way for the president to hold a... Isn't it amazing how peaceful protesters apparently, uh, they, they're still peaceful even when they try to burn down a historic church. Photo-op at St. John's yeah, peaceful. Church. We saw peaceful protesters being gassed. So the oh, shut up. president could take a stroll. <laughs> and so he could pose wow. for the cameras. Donald Trump started a riot in the president. Oh, geez. Joe Scarborough. That's Park and Lafayette Park. So he could have a photo op and awkwardly, weirdly, bizarrely hold a Bible like nobody has ever held a Bible. You mean like in his hand? before <laughs> awkwardly weirdly that's coming from msnbc well the interior department put out a report today everything you just saw is a myth is nonsense let's go ahead and put it up on the screen please from the interior department the official report the evidence we reviewed showed that the united states park police cleared the park to allow a contractor to safely install anti-scale fencing in response to destruction of federal property and injury to officers that occurred on may 30th and may 31st wait a minute injuries to federal officers that doesn't happen during a peaceful protest i don't think anyway maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong Maybe I don't understand what peaceful is. Uh, generally, peaceful means nobody gets injured and uh, churches aren't attempted to be burned down and whatnot. Even the mainstream media had to actually admit it. And it was, I mean, this was painful. Had to admit yesterday that Trump was right. Chuck, this is a really surprising finding. It was on Chuck Todd's show on MSNBC. The Inspector General of the Interior Department. They took a look at this, an independent investigation, and they found that the decision to clear the park 
made by the Park Police had nothing to do whatsoever. They found no evidence. That this has got to be very painful for this reporter. Had anything to do with the president's decision <laughs> to have a photo op and walk through there and have a photo op at the nearby historic church. They had decided, the park police, to clear that park of protesters hours before, according to this report, so a contractor could install some anti-scale fencing. Yeah, because the the peaceful protesters, you see. And that decision was made irrespective of what Trump decided to do. And Our media is so ungodly corrupt. In fact, there's a moment in this report <laughs> where we've all seen on video, the attorney general walks into that park and speaks with the park police incident commander. We couldn't yeah. hear from the video what was being said. According to this report, Barr then informs the park police that the president is coming down and the park police commander is shocked by this. And he says, according to this report, are you freaking kidding me? Now, uh, the, the thing about that episode is it does show that Barr seemed to be trying to speed it up. It sucks to be you. It sucks to be you. Once when you're wrong. Trump made the decision to come through there, Barr went down and sort of said, hey, let's get this thing moving. But the decision to use force against those protesters, which remains controversial, Chuck, no, not was really. not made, according to this report, because Trump wanted a photo op. Now, I Wow, can he quantify that anymore? <laughs> can, can he quantify it? Any I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, by the way, here's a new headline. Was Trump right about hydroxychloroquine all along? New study shows the drug touted by former president can increase COVID survival rates by 200%. A study on 255 patients was done by St. Barnabas Medical Center in New Jersey. The resulting report out on May 31st found hydroxychloroquine to be effective. It saved lives. But because Donald Trump supported it, governors banned its use and people died. That's just the truth. There you go. There you go. Anthony Fauci yesterday appeared on, uh, what, MSNBC with Chuck Todd, with Chuck Todd, you know, who uh, toes the party line quite effectively, by the way. Uh, and he said that any attacks on him, and this is kind of interesting. I, I was on uh, Rob Fennerty's show this morning, Wake Up America. I said on the show that any time that someone gets attacked for whatever, or not attacked, but confronted, I should say, when the left is confronted, by, uh, hey, maybe CRT, critical race theory, is not appropriate in schools. You're a racist, you're a white supremacist. Okay? Well, if you disagree with Anthony Fauci, his feet are in the fire right now because he his department actually funded this research at the Wuhan lab, which may have caused the giant Wuhan virus outbreak in the country and, and around the world. But Fauci is saying that if you say that he is uh, wrong or uh, that he uh, was whatever, uh, that you are anti-science. Here is a Fauci saying that any attack on Anthony Fauci, and which is not an attack, by the way, it's just uh, looking at what he did, okay, is an attack on science. Now you're at the focal point. What is your level of concern that we're going to discredit public health officials to the point of, you know, look at Russia. They actually have a... This is amazing. He's saying that if you if you criticize, you are uh, you know going after public health health officials. Good vaccine, and none of their citizens will take it because they don't trust their own government. Right. Uh, at this point, I don't trust my own government, and I don't uh, trust Anthony Fauci. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because what a giant load of, you know, all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. No, sometimes those things were inconvenient truths nah. for people and there was pushback against me. Nah. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me 
as a public health official and a scientist, you're really. <laughs> this is a, how, how about a, as a bureaucrat who's wrong about everything? Really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. Talking about himself in the third person. And anybody that looks <laughs> at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is what's going on. Wow, wow, wow. You can tell he's under pressure. You can tell by the way he's speaking that he's under pressure and that he is uh, about to be exposed. And Well, he's already been exposed. Guys, he's already been exposed. Unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. Joe Biden uh, went and spoke to troops in uh, Great Britain and apparently... Brits are saying he's so senile he probably won't remember what we tell him anyway. Yeah. They say that he is senile. The president of the United States said that the uh, the biggest <laughs> the, the biggest foe our military faces is global warming. This is kind of interesting. This is a piece from uh, the uh, Sky Australia News and their uh, wonderful outlet by the what wonderful outlet uh, the host talking about Joe Biden's speech yesterday saying that our troops need to combat global warming. Here you go. The main challenge for the soldiers that they would be having, and I think when he was speaking about this, his little, his little speech to them about national security threats, I think perhaps the main challenge for the soldiers might have been keeping a straight face. Ah. You know, when I went over in the tank in the Pentagon, when I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were, the greatest physical threats. Yeah. This is not a joke. Well, in, in, when you set this up as this is not a joke, it means that it's really a joke and nobody believes it. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? What did the Joint Chiefs, uh, what, did they, what did they say? Global warming. <laughs> Because of well, you said it wasn't a joke. Significant population movements. Oh, shut Fights up. over land. Millions of people leaving places because they're literally sinking below the sea in Indonesia. Yeah, that's not happened, actually. Because of the fights over what is arable land anymore. This is not a joke. Biden <laughs> says that's not a joke. Be afraid, world. Be very afraid. China is throwing its weight around, fortifying islands, building up its armed forces and bullying its neighbours. And Russia has invaded and annexed its neighbours, while Iran is fueling terrorist uprisings against Israel and destabilising... Why aren't they fighting global warming? ...in the Middle East. And Joe Biden tells his troops their biggest challenge is global warming there's a point where the absurdity uh is just so overwhelming uh, about everything about everything that the president is doing right now you don't even know what to say uh, freshman representative byron donalds who's been on this show has been blocked from joining the congressional black caucus yeah yeah there is not currently a republican a member of the group according to their official website donalds who won his election in november for the first time is not been included in the group, Donald's office told BuzzFeed that the congressman has spoken with at least three members of the group about joining, but he has not received an answer, and the chances of joining nearly a quarter way into the 117th Congress look slim. An aide to Donald said, Congressman Donald's has expressed interest in joining the group, but has yet to receive an official invitation. Donald said in February he wanted to join the group in order to change the caucus liberal dominance. His goals were to have membership in both the majority Democrats Congressional Black Caucus and the conservative House Freedom Caucus. Politico reported that Donald said that both groups are a natural fit for him. Now, you'll recall that Senator Tim Scott declined an invitation from the group in 2010 when he was first elected to Congress. 
the reason why is he was offended by the fact that it is the Congressional Black Caucus, and he said his campaign was never about race. This is interesting. 65% of Americans believe it is a good thing for immigrants to assimilate into American culture. Huh, imagine that. That's the way it's always been. It's called the Great American Melting Pot, you see. And we have been ushering in people from around the world for hundreds of years. Now, you do have places in cities like uh, uh, Chinatown and Little Italy and whatnot. But these people did assimilate into the country. They're proud of their heritage, but they're even more proud of being Americans. 70% of Democrats, 85% of liberals believe it is good for immigrants to influence Americans' mainstream culture. Sure, why not? Overall, the poll shows a widespread public rejection of the progressives' demand for diversity and identity politics that helps them fragment the common culture and ordinary Americans have evolved to help them rule their own society. So here's the deal. People basically think, according to Rasmussen, 68% of whites, 70% of Hispanics, just 50% of blacks say it's a good thing for new arrivals to assimilate into the common culture. Crazy, right? Crazy. Crazy. Critical race theory has come under fire, and it should because it's a joke. Because it teaches black kids they can't succeed. They can't do anything because they're black. Because the car just acted against them, which is nonsense. It is not 1968. It is not 1863. I have said this from the get-go. This is a false, false narrative that has been created for a snowflake generation who doesn't have a Vietnam, who doesn't have a Selma march, It is nonsense. It is absolute nonsense, and it is meant to cover up bad decisions, bad personal choices in life, and bad Democrat policy. That said, here is a a teacher uh, who has said, basically, I'm done with CRT. I'm leaving my position. I think this is very, very telling and very interesting because she is uh, leaving Columbia University, okay? Her name is Dana Stangle Plow. She resigned from a school, uh, the Dwight Inglewood School, on Tuesday. John McWhorter, who is a professor of English at Columbia University, is supporting her decision. Here is her announcement that she is saying no to CRT, all right? She taught at this Dwight Inglewood School in Bergen County, and uh, she says that the school is creating a hostile culture of conformity and fear. Fortunately, there is an outcry among parents and teachers around the country with regard to critical race theory. Here is her announcement, leaving this school that costs, what, $52,000 a year to go to. Today I am resigning from a job that I love. My name is Dana Stangle Plow. I became an English teacher at Dwight Englewood School seven years ago because as a parent, I loved how the school both nurtured and challenged my own children. But over the past few years, the school has embraced an ideology that is damaging to our students' intellectual and emotional growth. An ideology that requires students to see themselves not as individuals, but as representatives of either an oppressor or oppressed group. This theoretical framework pervades every division of Dwight Englewood as the singular way of seeing the world. As a result, students... What happened to teaching kids skills that will help them... succeed in life. Reading, writing, arithmetic. ...now arrive in my classroom accepting ideology simply as fact. I've seen up close how this hinders their ability to read, write, and think. They've become obsessed with power hierarchies. I teach students who recoil from a poem because it was written by a man. I teach students who approach texts in search of the oppressor. 
Wow. who see iniquities in texts that have nothing to do with power. <laughs> this ideology limits students' ability to observe and engage with... It wrecks kids' lives, by the way. ...full fabric of human experience in our literature. In my professional opinion as an educator, the school is failing to encourage healthy habits of mind essential for growth, such as intellectual curiosity, humility, honesty, reason, and the capacity to consider multiple perspectives and weigh competing ideas. And I love this. I love this. By the way, uh, John McWhorter is an associate professor of English and comparative literature at Columbia University. He tweeted his support for her. All hail Dana Strangle Plough who has resigned from the Dwight Inglewood School, which teaches racism that sees life as nothing but an abuse of power and teaches that cringing, hostile group identity against oppression is the essence of self. Dear God in heaven, thank God that this man said this. Truly anti-racist parents in the name of love of their kids should pull them from Dwight Inglewood School as of next fall. Only this will arrest these misguided elect parishioners from their quest to forge a new reality from all of us. I love the fact that this is finally cutting through. This nonsense is finally cutting through. Yesterday on CNN, a hostile interview with Representative Steve Toth of Texas, where he said CRT is a joke. We are going to go through this one element at a time. The first element is why should teachers... This anchor is literally, I mean, very hostile. If you listen to his tone, very hostile to this representative. ...not be compelled to talk about what is happening. How can teachers talk about the insurrection or ignore it? Don't teachers lose credibility if they see... He's talking about the insurrection on uh, January the 6th, which was not an insurrection because... Nobody had any arms. Insurrection, but the teachers are not compelled to discuss what is happening at the Capitol or give context to what is happening in the country. We'll get to the self This is why CNN lost 70% of their viewers since January. An element of how they do that, but shouldn't they be compelled to at least teach what is happening in the world or give some information about what's happening in the world around them? But that's the problem is you, you guys, the left, you are the left, CNN is the left. Oh, and he's right. You guys have completely lost. That is a lazy argument. No, not really. Actually, it's what you guys broadcast every day. Just answer the question. It is not a lazy argument. It's clear. It's clear. (laughs) Just answer. It is very clear, actually. The question: Why shouldn't teachers be compelled to teach what is happening in the world at the time? Whether it's what happened January 6th or whether it's what happened in Portland, Oregon, CNN does so from a slanted, canted view towards Sir, Marxism. And- your bit- <laughs> and it's true. And the, uh, the amazing thing is that they also avoid stories altogether. They avoid stories altogether, which is, uh, is propaganda. Okay, As much as not covering stories or as much as covering stories from a slanted view, I should say, Avoiding stories altogether, ignoring stories and news altogether is even worse, actually. It's even worse. Hey, by the way, those of you who just tuned in, if you would do me a favor and uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to this podcast, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Now, we are available on 50 platforms. We are if you want to find out those, go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. Otherwise, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Here is a Loudoun County parent speaking in Loudoun County, Virginia. Now, we've had people on our show. Azra Numani is a, uh, a liberal parent in uh, uh, a nearby county. And in Northern Virginia, this is the, this is the new front 
in the war on critical race theory and this nonsense that is teaching our kids to hate one another. All right? But this week it came to a head in Loudoun County as dozens of parents confronted the radical Loudoun County School Board, which has doxed parents who disagreed with critical race theory and their curricula. They have. They have gone after these people. They have tried to dox them. They have tried to ruin them. People on the school board. Here is a Loudoun County parent who has quite simply had enough. I have three children in Loudoun County. Um, it's been months, and I haven't come forward and said anything. I'd like to first address those that called out rules earlier, because it's astonishing to me that the same ones hollering about rules are the ones that are actually supporting you breaking the rules. By the way, she is uh, speaking not only against critical race theory, but also about the uh, suspension of teacher Byron Cross, who has been reinstated. Now, Byron Cross is a teacher of uh, uh, physical education, and he said basically that uh, he believes that those born with male genitalia are males and those born with female genitalia are females. He was suspended and reinstated by a judge. Back to our, our parent. I also would like to say, where's your regard? Where's your regard for our freedom of speech? Those aren't just rules, that's our constitution. When I saw a teacher express an opinion and suspended for expressing his religious beliefs, I could no longer stay silent. When did it become acceptable to be tolerant only when someone expresses a view that we agree with? When did it become appropriate to silence those that hold Christian biblical views just because you don't? When did it become appropriate to allow the school board, I don't know who you think you are, but it is not appropriate, it is not allowable to silence, bully, or dismiss our views as yes. parents. Ian Fryer to be followed Okay, by. and then of course she uh, ran out of time. And the crowd goes nuts. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. And there are parents who are speaking out about this nonsense around the country. And the house of cards is falling. The house of cards is falling. Yesterday, a congressional member confronted the acting OMB director about the fact that Biden's budget contains the phrase birthing parent instead of mother. There could be no greater affront to humanity and our beliefs than to say no to the word mother. There's nothing wrong with using the word mother. There's nothing wrong with using the word father. Honestly, we've had the line crossed so many times that the line doesn't exist anymore. But I will tell you, this is insanity. And that this administration would endorse the use of another term instead of mother is truly sickening. This is Representative Smith confronting the OMB acting director about the term birthing person rather than mother. I guess I'm an inseminating person rather than father. But I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you this. It's kind of strange. Um, after insemination... And after birth, there's a wonderful thing that happens. And that's called motherhood and fatherhood. And that is what it's all about. That is what it is all about. My mother will always be my mother. She passed away a couple of weeks ago. And she is my mother. 
She did not give birth to me. I was adopted. But she is my mother. I don't care whether it is uh, uh, about just the birth process or bringing a kid up. But the use of mother and father, there's nothing wrong with it. However, this bureaucrat defended the use of birthing person rather than mother. The budget requests $26 million to reduce maternal mortality and eliminate race-based disparities in outcomes among, quote, birthing people. <laughs> uh, this is a shift from recent budgets, which referred to maternal health issues yes. as women's issues. Yes. Um, I've never heard the term before. Can you explain <laughs> what it means? Yeah, please. Uh, absolutely. Uh, there, there are certain... Uh, people who do not uh, have uh, gender identities that apply to female. This is Shalanda Young, by the way. Male. Uh, so we think our language needs to be more inclusive. In no, 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 it doesn't. It's mother gives birth. Father inseminates. Mother and father raise their children. How we deal with complex issues. It's not a complex issue at all. Uh, I think the underlying issue is most important that your colleagues, Lauren Underwood and others, are working on. Is to try to you know what's nuts, actually, is uh, uh, women who are uh, born women who have their breasts removed, who go through hormone treatment to become men and then get uh, inseminated to have a child and then say that they are a man having a baby. That's insane. I'm sure that uh, those of color who are uh, giving birth leave the hospital alive and that, that well you see that uh, the hospitals they they generally when anyone goes to the hospital to give birth they want the people to leave the hospital alive the issue rather than the the verbiage uh the verbiage matters but the underlying issue is extremely important you are a nutbag and a lot of your colleagues are working i'm sorry i meant nutcase hard on this uh because i'm an insane all of those giving birth uh, should have access to the same quality health care. So is the administration's official policy to relate, replace the term woman with birthing people? <laughs> I think our official policy is to make sure when people uh, get service from their government that they feel included, and we're trying to use inclusive language. Yeah, we're just going to call them mom, mom, mother. You know, honestly, uh, this... <sighs> We can't accept this as the new normal. There's no new normal. There's normal and there's abnormal. That's abnormal. Oh, this is really crazy. Unvaccinated students attending the Exeter, New Hampshire high school prom. Are you ready for this? Were numbered with a Sharpie pen, then tracked throughout the evening. Anne-Marie Banfield, who writes the blog Granite Grok, reported that New Hampshire Representative uh, Melissa Litchfield, who represents the Brentwood District, posted on Facebook Tuesday that some constituents informed her that unvaccinated students who attended the Exeter High School prom Monday night had a number written on them with a Sharpie and were tracked throughout the evening. If they were on the dance floor, they had to raise their hands after every three songs, though their numbers could be recorded by other underclass students for contact tracing purposes. Now, <clears throat> there were a group of people in the uh, history of the world that had numbers tattooed on their arms. That's offensive, Rob Carson. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is an apt comparison. This is an apt comparison. Children being labeled 
because they chose not to get a vaccine or they don't have a vaccine. Ostracized from the rest of the group. They also left the list of student names first and last with the info on whether they were vaccinated or not on a table outside after prom. Oh, my dear God in heaven. I find it absolutely unbelievable and it was allowed to treat the kids like prisoners in Nazi Germany. One parent told the media are marking them, thus singling them out and then having them raise their hands is beyond tolerable. First, the school should be looking into lawsuits for violation of HIPAA rights. They have no business asking for a COVID card. (laughs) This is unbelievable. This is really, I mean, honestly, it was not communicated to us beforehand, said one parent. The kids were told it was optional to provide a copy of their vaccine card when they showed up at a prom check-in. They were marked and had a number written on them in black Sharpie if they weren't vaccinated. Those who were vaccinated had a different color mark and no number assigned to them. Underclassmen were given the role of writing the numbers down on the dance floor every three to four dances. My God. This same parent uh, told, uh, uh, said that vaccinated students were required to show their vaccine cards to the class advisor at check-in. Those students without a vaccine card were numbered. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say. Don't even know what to say at this point. Now, Rand Paul was interviewed by uh, Emerald Robinson, who is a fantastic White House correspondent for Newsmax, about Anthony Fauci. I'm going to share a couple samples of this glorious interview. Here is uh, Rand Paul with Emerald Robinson. Dr. Fauci been fired. Why isn't he being held accountable? Well, you know, early on, I started to see the contradictions, you know, within the first month or two of him becoming prominent in this. And I worried about, you know, him saying one thing and then saying another, saying things in private and then saying different things in public. But you're right, there hasn't been any accountability. And some of this has profound ramifications. One, the whole pandemic, three and a half million people died, may have come from a lab in China. A lot of the evidence, in fact, I think most of the evidence points in that direction now. And he funded that lab. But even worse than that, he sort of denied and obfuscated and sort of said, well... Now, wait a minute. Anthony Fauci says that if you uh, have this view, you are anti-science. Funded it, but it wasn't gain of function. But many scientists are saying it was, where they were inventing and creating viruses that were animal viruses and making them more infective for humans. But then he was asked just last week, after all of this has come out, he was asked, do you trust the Chinese scientists? And I think it's rather naive to to trust the Chinese government in a lot of things, but particularly after this has happened. Well, because they have uh, hundreds of thousands of people in uh, slave labor camps, and uh, and by the way, they have built crematoria near them. And they haven't been honest with us. We've discovered some of their lab workers actually had probably COVID in November of that year, 2019. Yeah. So I don't know. You're right. Why hasn't he been fired? But it's become so part. They're anti-science. Listen. According to Fauci. It used to be once upon a time, Republicans and Democrats up here would say, well, we want people to be honest with us. We want them to be forthcoming. And if they don't give good advice, maybe they should go. No, because it's 2021, you see. But now uniformly, Democrats want to defend him. It's become a partisan issue. So much so that I want to investigate still further 
what's going on with gain-of-function research mm -hmm. and his idea that it wasn't gain-of-function. I want that to be investigated <laughs> by a committee, but I can't get a Democrat counterpart to let me have this investigated in the committees. Why is that? Maybe because things are being covered up. Here is uh, Emerald Robinson talking to Rand Paul about uh, a couple of the major players, including the uh, head of a charity that got $123 million from our government to fund gain-of-function research. One of the email chains is between this Peter DeZock of EcoHealth, Ralph Barrick, and they're saying, we need to get people to sign a letter saying we shouldn't, you know, that there was no lab leak. We need to get all this organized, but maybe we shouldn't sign it so it looks as if this were an independent effort. That, to me, sounds like a cover-up. But I think, really, if you want an honest investigation, Dr. Fauci should be excluded because of conflict of interest. I think because he's been unwise, naive, and, and in all likelihood has been lying to us, he shouldn't be in part of government. But he certainly shouldn't be part of the investigation. If you want to have an open and thorough investigation, it can include Peter DeZock or Dr. Fauci. Because that would be like O.J. Simpson investigating the murder of his wife and Ron Goldman. There you go. Yeah, I know. There you go. Chris Salcedo uh, was on the, uh, talking about the border. He lives in Texas. He has a terrific show, the Chris Salcedo Show. He talked with Ron Vitello, the former ICE director, about the situation at the border. And guys, it is uh, very, very dire. Well, look how long it took him to call it a crisis. Um, this, this started in late January, and it takes all the way to June 8th for them to get in, uh, in touch with Guatemala and Mexico. And I think the senator's right. They don't want to go to the border. They don't want to talk about it because they're going to go down there and they're going to have mayors and sheriffs and local townspeople asking them why they did this yeah. without warning anybody, why they pulled back these policies without the proper preparation. That's why they're not going to the border. Just yeah. Despite her failure at the border, Kamala Harris has a very high opinion of herself. She handed out cookies uh, to reporters with her likeness on them as she was traveling <laughs> away from the United States, down the, the Northern Triangle countries. Harris claims that she's seeking answers in Guatemala to America's border crises. Question, why not take the money that she was using to bribe the Northern Triangle countries and use it to enforce the law at the U.S.-Mexico border? I agree with you. It's important for us to have diplomatic relations in that region. Um, the President Trump, you know, with Mexico and with the Northern Triangle, struck the accords, the migrant protection protocols and the asylum accords with the Northern Triangle, which effectively ended the last surge in 2020. Yes, it did. And uh, things are out of control. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking with uh, Representative Pat Fallon. I want you to pay attention to this and realize how bad things are right now. This is an affront to our sovereignty. This is a affront to our country. People are being damaged and hurt. Uh, drugs are flowing in. Uh, children are being sex trafficked by the hundreds, by the thousands. This is sickening. But what we aren't talking about, Grant, is the border crisis, the Biden border crisis is, is worse. It's worse today than it was when we were talking about it and some of the media was talking about it two months ago. It has exploded. It's so bad now to, in context for your viewers. In April of 2020, under President Trump, in April uh, of last year, there were 17,000 illegal border crossings. This month of April in 2021, it was 178,000. That's a 1,000% increase. Unbelievable. This is a disaster. It's a catastrophe, and it must be addressed immediately. You know, you and I have talked about this. The Biden administration has no will right now to stop it, but it could be stopped tomorrow if they wanted to. It's not about will. It's about a deliberate decision to allow this. Yeah, there's no will. 
But we have the means to do so. President Trump did that when he had the migrant protection protocol. I'm about tired of this. I am about tired of this. In other words, the way to all of this Mexico policy, he was deporting bad actors. He was building a wall and he was saying, if you come here, you're not going to get welfare easily. And now what we're doing, what we're seeing is Biden has reversed it. And they're lying to us. Mayorkas testified in front of the Homeland Security Committee in the House and said that the border is secure two months ago. That was a lie. Yeah, we're being lied to, guys. We're being played. We're being played. First, it was about, uh, you know, Russia collusion. Then it was the Wuhan virus not coming from China. And you're insane for thinking otherwise. Now we know that is right. And now we know that this uh, this is policy. This is policy. The, <laughs> the president of Guatemala and El Salvador. Or both of them said, it's policy. It's Biden policy that caused this. It's insane. Oh, my goodness. Chris Salcedo also talked to a, a gentleman who's written a book, Kenny Yu. He's an Asian American, and he says that higher education is literally, legally discriminating against Asians. It is. You look at, uh, you know, you've heard about Tiger Moms, and there are ethnicities in this country who come here, and they kick butt and take names. Uh, those include uh, Asians, those include people from India, uh, rejecting the caste system. But because Asians are doing so well in getting into uh, universities in such high numbers, obviously they need to be punished because that means other groups who don't perform as well are not getting in. It's going on at Harvard and Yale University, Princeton, the Ivy League colleges and MIT and Stanford. Um, that's racism, kids. These colleges think it's okay to discriminate against Asian Americans. They say, move over, Asian Americans. We want to let in different minorities. You're not the right minority. You're overrepresented. And, of course, this is a unique product of elite liberal resentment against Asian <laughs> American success. Uh, in this Why don't they call it Asian supremacy? Nation today. They don't want too many Asians at their universities. They're afraid of the fact that if Asians are given equal opportunity, they they will make up a large proportion of because they're kicking butt. Our top Why don't you just admit they're just kicking butt? And they, I don't have a problem with an Asian kid kicking my white kid's butt. You know, if my white kid can't compete against the Asian kid, then the Asian kid wins. They they want to discriminate against that. And, and did you Doesn't mean I want to keep the Asian kid out of college so my kid can take his place, even though he's underperforming. Say that these universities are required. Although my white kid really kicks butt in college. And I'm not, I'm not sure if this is across the board or if it's just at some of these liberal elite institutions. They're requiring Asians to score 440 points Whoa. higher on SAT scores to get in. According to Students for Fair Admissions data, Asian Americans have to score 440 points higher on the essay. Do you suppose this does uh, any uh, kid of color any good knowing that they can get in underperforming? Do you think that really helps them in life? To have the same chance of admission <laughs> as a black student. Wow. Now, they're, they're not saying in their papers that this is exactly happening. But when you look at the data, when you break down the data, and I do in my book, An Inconvenient Minority, where I talk about this larger attack on Asian American excellence, you can see that that is happening. Oh, it's happening. It is happening. And by the way, this is kind of interesting. Christian Magazine editor says he won't hire Ivy League graduates anymore because they're either woke and self-important or too afraid to stand up to cancel culture. This is pretty cool, actually. So all this, uh, this activism and BS you're doing in college isn't going to pay off when you get in the real world because it doesn't do anything for you. Christian Magazine editor R.R. Uh, R. Reno is the editor of First Things, a monthly religious magazine. 
In an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal on Monday, he, he said uh, he used to jump at the chance to hire from Ivy Leagues. Now he turns off applicants. He says that uh, kids from colleges like Rutgers in New Jersey are as talented but less self-important than Ivy Leaguers and more likely to accept the authority to those more experienced. I went to Northwest Missouri State. Hire kids from Northwest Missouri State. I'm not inclined to hire a graduate from America's Elite College. That marks a change a decade ago. I relish the opportunity to employ talented graduates of Princeton, Yale, and the rest today not so much. He cited a recent example at Harvard, the college he attended where outraged students protested against what they called anti-blackness on Zoom in a Zoom meeting where they were showed the thin-skinned narcissism and naked aggression. If students can be traumatized by insensitivity on a leafy campus, then they're unlikely to function as effective team members in an organization that has to deal with everyday realities. And in any event, I don't want to hire someone who makes inflammatory accusations at the drop of a hat. Racist, white supremacist. Student activists don't represent the majority of students. The atmosphere of intimidation in higher education is intense. But I don't want to hire a person while practicing remaining silent when it costs something to speak up. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, so um, on Greg Kelly's show, Dave Yost, he is the attorney general <clears throat> Excuse me, of the state of Ohio. They want to regulate uh, Google as a utility because Google shuts down conservative speech. Pretty interesting argument, and I agree. How's this going to work? Uh, making Google a public utility would do what? It, it, we're seeking a declaratory judgment. In other words, we're asking court to say what the law is uh, between the parties. And in Ohio, public utilities um, cover a whole lot of things. Um, and Google clearly qualifies. They're generally uh, out there asking for people to come in and do business. Um, they dominate the marketplace. Um, and so Kind of like Ma Bell used to do. We're, we're hoping to get that declaratory judgment action. You millennials don't know what that's all about, but I do. So what, what I was only a kid. If the court agrees with us, they have new duties at that point. Because they dominate the marketplace, because they are... If they hadn't busted up Ma Bell, which used to control all of the phones in the country. Now, you don't know this as a millennial or possibly somebody younger. There was a time when there were no cell phones. And all of the phones were landlines. And Ma Bell ran all of them. Not only did Ma Bell run all of them, Ma Bell also, if you needed your phone repaired, you had to get someone from Ma Bell to come and fix your phone. I remember in the 1970s when I was a little child, I made the foolish mistake of calling people uh, all over the world just for f f some reason. I don't know why. But our bill was uh, $600. In 1978, my mother's head exploded. Okay? Um, that's what Ma Bell did. How much does it cost you to call France now? It doesn't cost you anything. You, you pay a monthly thing to your whatever provider and you can just call. This is why there is no toll uh, call anymore. There are no such thing as collect calls anymore. You don't recall this. Again, I was a child when this happened. But that's what happened when Ma Bell was busted up. The reason why you have a smartphone right now is because of the bust up of Ma Bell. Otherwise, you'd still be having a landline, okay? You would still be completely uh, enslaved to Ma Bell's decision. And so this is why busting up Google is actually a really good idea. Acting like a common carrier or uh, an electric company or a railroad. Uh, they have to allow everybody in. They have to have uh, unbiased terms of use. 
Uh, and This they, is also why uh, Amtrak needs to be sold to the private sector. They've got to act uh, with consideration of the public interest. I love this. Only good things will happen a little bit more from Attorney General Dave Yost with uh, Greg Kelly. But it's like if Thomas Edison decided when he invented the light bulb. Great analogy, by the way. Bulb and the first power company, you know, I'm only going to give the light bulb to people I agree with. I'm yes. only going to allow electricity yes. in houses if you're writing things and saying things that I agree with with. I mean, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but no. I think it's somewhat analogous to what's happening right now. Big tech giving people a hard time if they're not in sync with big tech's worldview. I got to tell you, I'm really concerned about this. Now, the subject of our lawsuit uh, really goes to more operation in the marketplace. But here's the critical question. When a company becomes as big and powerful as the government, what do you do when you uh, when you need to find out something? You Google it and decides to actually yeah. exercise censorship problem uh, powers. I duck duck go it. Uh, how is that different Bing it. than the government itself doing it? Um, now, it, it's fine. We have a marketplace of ideas, and uh, I don't like anybody drawing a line about saying what's in and what's out, uh, what's acceptable and what's not. But we've all agreed in, through the Constitution that we're not going to let the United States government do that. When you get a company that's that big and that powerful, should they be able to do things that we don't even let our own government do? Mm -mm. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. Now I want to hearken back to um, to ancient technology as I wrap up my show. Remember when you used to send cards to people? Remember when you used to uh, write people letters? Maybe if you were a kid when I was a kid or before that you had a pen pal. It takes a good deal of effort to write someone personally, find their address and send them something. But that happened to me this week. My mother passed away about three weeks ago. And someone, two people, took the time to find the Newsmax corporate office address and send me a card of condolence for my mother. I thank all of those who gave me condolences online. I do. But this meant a lot from Connie Solano and Kim Starkey. Connie Solano and Kim Starkey were compelled to find our address and send me this card. Rob, we're very sorry to hear your mother's passing. May memories of all your past years bring you comfort and joy. We are followers of your show, and I can't thank you enough for the happiness and the up-to-date info you bring us. Keep up the good work and know your mother is still watching you and must be very proud of you. that these two people would send me this card means so much. Donald Trump uh, sent my family condolences. That meant a lot. That was unexpected. So was this card from Connie Solano and Kim Starkey. You don't know what this means. I will keep this card. I will keep this card. 
Thank you for watching me and uh, I should say listening to me today. If you would do me a favor, guys, uh, just subscribe on Apple Podcasts to uh, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Uh, we do it five days a week. I will tell you that tomorrow, Friday, we're doing a best of show because I'm going to New York City. I've been invited for the Talkers Convention, Talkers Magazine Convention in New York City. My first time going to uh, New York City. I know, right? Crazy. Crazy. I'm going to New York City. Um, so a best of show tomorrow, but thank you for listening to me and please share with others if you wouldn't mind. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, download the Newsmax app. Newsmax TV is such a glorious enterprise and it's growing by leaps and bounds as other people, as people turn off outlets like Fox News and CNN. Because with Newsmax, we don't change our stripes. We're honest people. We're connective people. And we like to tell the truth. So thanks for uh, listening today. God bless you. God bless your families. God bless the police. Uh, remember Ashley Babbitt, if you would, please. And above all, don't catch the stupid. <laughs> I'll see you again on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.